Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Dana Holgerson says, screw you to Texas and Texas A&M. Why is he doing it? What does it mean for the Big 12 Conference for Texas this last season? A lot of crap being talked and being thrown the way of the Longhorns. Is that a good thing? Will it heat things up? Will make it more fun? That's for sure. But at what cost? We'll break that uh, down today on the Neighborhood Watch. I'm your host, Josh Neighbors. This is part of the 365 Sports Network here on Crystal Ball College Football. You guys can find us wherever you all get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Please subscribe. We're on that push. We're less than 100 subscriptions away from 12,000 subs. We need your all's help. So once again, please subscribe to the show today. Like us on, uh, or I guess like the videos as well. Uh, and you guys can find us at NWPod365 on the Twitters slash X. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. All right, let's get this show on. Also, my best bets for the Big 12 are coming up later on in the show for over under win totals this year. All right. So Dana Holgerson had some words about Texas and Texas A&M and said, screw them. That's why I wrote screw you. It's not a direct quote, but screw them is what he said uh, about both Texas and Texas A&M. So I'll give the context and we'll kind of explore, you know, the machinations of this. This is uh, also Dean Straka over at CBS Sports. Houston is finally a member of the Big 12 this season after the university was initially shut out of the league during its formation in the mid-1990s. Cougars coach Dana Holgerson hasn't forgotten about that and points the blame toward in-state flagships Texas and Texas A&M, founding members of the Big 12, as to why the school wasn't among the Southwest Conference remnants included as a Big 12 founding member more than two decades ago. In the exchange with a fan who expressed his appointment with <laughs> during Holgerson's weekly radio show about Houston joining a Big 12 that will soon be void of both Texas and Texas A&M, the Aggies already left, uh, you know, talking about how they always left. Uh, Holgerson said he couldn't be happier in a league with a pair of, uh, you know, without the pair of schools. Quote, you can have that opinion about Texas and Texas A&M if you want to, but they are the reasons we weren't in the Big 12, Holgerson responded to the fan. Those two schools are the specific reasons why we haven't been in the Big 12 the last 28 years. Screw them. They can go wherever they want. They don't want us, and we don't want them, so move on. The case of Texas, Holgerson joins a growing list of Big 12 figures to publicly take aim at a Longhorns team that is well aware of having a target on its back after being picked by media members to win the conference in 2023 in July Big 12 Deputy Commissioner Tim Weiser uh, cited Texas SEC move as one which the program would uh, rather get beat by Alabama than Kansas State before Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark told Texas Tech coach Joey McGuire, quote, to take care of business against the Longhorns when those schools meet in late November. Yormark's comments were enough for Texas coach Steve Sarkeesian to fire back during his press conference. He also mentions that Houston is scheduled to play Texas Saturday, October 21st. What will be the first conference matchup between the schools? 
since the final year of the Southwest Conference back in 1995. All right, folks. So a couple things here, because uh, I think all of these things are related. Like all of the shots that have been taken are related. Uh, the situation, you know, obviously with, with uh, Houston and Dana Holgerson is related. And also I think the setting too. It was on his radio show, right? So Dana, he's been pretty candid before. He's a pretty candid guy. Um, you know, this fan asks him, and he, he's right to point out that those schools aren't the reason why. I just don't know if screw them's the right way. And like, I know a lot of folks love what Brett Yormark said last week. I thought it was a little bit unprofessional, but I kind of understood the sentiment. Um, but for Dana Holgerson's situation, he is in a spot right now where endearing himself for the fan base is good, but honestly, it's kind of the big donors and there's really the fatitas are really the big donor, right? Uh, Tillman, I think is the big one. Um, that's kind of the audience he has to appease. Uh, and so, you know, anything to do to endear himself is good because it might be a challenging year for them. And so I, I think I understand it from that perspective because he is kind of playing to the base there, much like Brett Yormark was when he was at Texas Tech speaking. Um, so from that standpoint, I, I get it. Uh, and he is not wrong about those schools keeping them out. Now, you have to understand what Houston represents. Houston, being the Southwest Conference, you know, they, they had a lot of successful years. Uh, obviously, a Heisman Trophy winner and Andre Ware. And so it's a program when they left out of the Big 12 that was not in the Power Five. And honestly, it's good for other Texas schools when you consider the location of Houston, where it is, major American city, a lot of talent in that city, near a place like Louisiana, which is the South, where there's a lot of talent there. Uh, you know, and massive media market too. All of these things, being the state of Texas, also really do play in the positive for Houston, and that makes them a certifiable rival in some ways. Think about TCU's arrival. If you are Texas or Texas A&M, well, I'm a school like TCU. You know, legitimacy to get in. You know, it, it wasn't great for them because it's a private school. Uh, you know, which means they have a lot of money in Dallas. Uh, and, you know, they've got good resources. Uh, it's in a great location recruiting-wise. And they had a legendary coach who put them, I mean, absolutely elevated that program to unbelievable heights. And Sonny Dykes capitalized off that last year. We've now seen what TCU is capable of, not just this season, but in past seasons, not just here. And also, uh, uh, and not just, you know, um, Patterson's past years in the Mountain West and other leagues. Also, when they were the Big 12, right? They were nearly in the... In the uh, first college football playoff. Like this is a program that's got the ability to. So you understand why AM and Texas would do that. Um, it was 28 years ago too. And now they've moved on because they're looking out for themselves, right? And they've got their own squabbling and bickering. So the way I would have honestly answered this is like, look, I've got no love for those schools, but every school does what they think is in their best interest. And we're joining the big 12. doesn't matter who's here because we know it's in our best interest. And we are so excited to be a part of this league. I don't really care about what Texas know you were doing. Right, I would, you know, or, uh, Texas and Texas A&M. I would love to get shots at those schools, but I don't really care actually what they're doing. I'm about my program and what we're doing here. And so, uh, I think you know, obviously, firing folks up by, by doing that, you know, is one one way to do it. Uh, but Dana Holgerson does need to focus on his football team, and and I'll talk about them actually a little bit. But I, I kind of saw that. That's kind of my thought about what he's saying. On the whole, about all of the comments that have been rolling in, I, I'll tell you what. I am nervous because I do think there's a good chance Texas wins the league. Um, and I was actually, it was funny. I was talking to Drake Colt, Drake told today and I actually felt a lot better about it now after talking to him because he was like, well, you know, they always screw up. They always lose. And I think about this group five and seven, then eight and four, and eight and five, but five, eight and four dealing with injuries. Um, you know, 
all one score losses, except for the bowl. I forget the bowl game was, but the bowl game, I'm really counting. Uh, we're in it the very last week of the season. And so now when I think about that, guys and girls and folks, what I think is, is that like this school, Texas really is going to have to do some something to screw this up. Like I think, and screwing it up would be winning eight games again because they should be a nine and three, at least football team. Think about it more. And I'm worried about Alabama's quarterback situation. Guys, I think there's a chance that 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 Texas beats Alabama this year. I, I really do. I know they were close last year, but obviously, Josh. No, I think there's, there's a chance they do it uh, because the Alabama QB situation is not great and they've been vulnerable up front. So I'm not really in love with this Alabama team. Um, we'll see if they get better at the offensive line, but who's playing quarterback and do you trust that quarterback and all those things? So, you know, Texas is such a great shot at it this year. And I think that's what makes this so fascinating is that they're going to be getting everybody's best shot and they, and they can kind of have an us against the world mentality. Now, I don't think Sark wants that because he's trying to build, right? He's trying to build like we are. If I'm him, I'm I am tunnel vision. Maybe he can use it as motivation, but I am tunnel vision of like, guys, this program is improving. It's getting better. We are good up front on both sides of the ball. We are developing quarterbacks. We've got all the skill talent and we lost Bijan and Roshan, but still, if we block well, with the caliber of recruit we have back there, we should be able to do it. Once again, multiple good, multiple quality QBs, guys at all three levels of the defense that can make plays. We're in a really good spot. And so that's what I'm, you know, I'd be focused on, but I'll tell you this. I'll tell a couple things here. Number one, the, the Texas versus the big 12 storyline is going to be great this year. And once again, folks, if you think there's going to be some officiating conspiracy, like if there's bad calls in a game show, there's bad calls, but there's no conspiracy. If you've met officials, if you know anybody, and I know folks who have refereed football and refereed basketball this weekend, actually, I spoke with Walt Coleman, former NFL referee. These people, uh, and Walt even talked about it today on the show saying, hey, look, I'm not here just to defend referees. I'm here to explain why certain calls are made. And, and that's really what referees want to do. They want to explain. They want to be as down the middle as possible. They care about their integrity. So I don't think there's, there's any fix in. I wouldn't be too concerned about it. You know, if you guys think there's a fix, you're, you're not, you're not, you know, look, once again, there always could be, I guess, but uh, I don't, I don't really want to entertain that because I don't really think that's something that we need to be worried about. And it's not a big story that we've had with college officials. Uh, some of them are bad, yes, and bad calls get made. But generally speaking, guys, everybody thinks their conference referees suck. Big 12 refs, on the whole, to be honest, are pretty good. Uh, I think Big 12 officials, for the most part, are, are really strong. And, I mean, I watch all – I mean, ACC officials, good good Lord. Now, the SEC, everybody thinks they suck, and there have been games like the Auburn-Arkansas uh, game a few years ago, the weird fumble game. You're like, what the hell is a call? And so there are calls, but it's SEC, so it's more of a microscope. I think Big 10 officials are pretty good. Pac-12 officials are a nightmare, and ACC refs suck. So, like – I think the Big 12 officials are actually pretty good for the most part, in my opinion. Um, so, you know, there's no conspiracy with that. But it's really interesting because I do think it's now become much more compelling theater. And I think it's going to be good for the league. Now, once again, it would be natural, in my opinion, for Texas to win the league this year because the last three championship games have had six different teams in those games. Nobody's gone back. And it's Texas. Texas's time. Much, you know, very much like how we saw K-State last year and we're like, this is their time, right? And we looked at some other schools and said, oh, you know, Baylor, can they do it again? Oklahoma State, can they repeat again? And though those schools weren't able to do it, uh, K-State, you know, I think everybody feels pretty good about their chances, although they lost some guys. They still have a lot of that quarterback. And so you kind of look at this group and you think, oh, they can do it. But Texas is the group that's next in line to step up that didn't, that didn't make it before. So it would be natural. But the problem is now with all of the bickering and the fighting and the, you know, kind of the he said, he said, uh, you know, and, and it's mostly kind of almost directed at Texas. But they've, they've given 
shit other people's ways for lack of a better term for a while right you know the the horns down uh you know thing was always always dumb uh, houston for example not getting in the league right you know that they feel they don't love that so texas has dished it out as much as they uh, are now taking it uh but it does set up a, a precarious situation for the big 12 right and this big 12 versus texas thing is become must watch tv I, th I think it's become must watch tv i hope it does not play out in the sense that we're talking about officials versus texas hope we're talking about kind of Texas trying to run the gauntlet and survive and run the gauntlet, meaning make a big 12 um, championship game. But Texas trying to do that to me is really compelling. Cause you look at that, that schedule they have at Alabama at Baylor. Uh, KU even beat them in Austin last time. So that's interesting. Obviously OU game, they play at Houston. They get the rematch with K state, uh, you know, a really compelling game last year that they won. Uh, they go to TCU, the rematch of a game they lost last year, right? in that Texas Tech game, like there are all of these potentially very interesting inflection points on the way for Texas to potentially make that run. And so I think kind of them having to deal with all those minds is, is pretty exciting. And I think actually the program that Sark has built is pretty exciting. See, a lot of these programs go up and down sometimes and big programs can surge back quickly because they're big programs. But Texas right now is kind of on this natural progression. Five and seven lost a bunch of games where they blew leads because they weren't a good enough team and Sark wasn't a good enough coach yet. Eight and four where they had losses that were uh, you know, due to injury. Some weird stuff happened. You know, that, like the Texas Tech game was weird. The Alabama game, you know, they were right in there till the number one pick in the draft beat them in the end of the game. And so you think about like all that stuff. Okay, like they're on the cusp. They're, they're ready to make that jump. And so I want to see if they can make that jump while having all of these teams come after them and all this talk going on. It makes it much more compelling. Is it good for the league? I don't know. Could, up, uh, could end up with egg on their face, but it's compelling right now at least. The other part of this too is OU. So guys, the Sooners, I know there's some talk at the beginning, you know, when they were leaving for the SEC, but like really have gotten off scot-free as of late. I mean, all of the focus is on Texas. And other conference realignment stuff happening too, but Oklahoma is kind of just like, hey, buddy, we're you know we're still here. And I think a part of that too is it's funny because they were the dominant program in here, and uh, but once Lincoln left, you know it kind of hit this wall. And, and Lincoln's last year, they were close to a Big Twelve title game. They did not get there. That hit a wall. He left, and now they're, they're people are talking about them like Nebraska, and they might you know fall off all of a sudden. And I don't see them that way but they got to figure out if Brent Venables is the guy. So like they're kind of in this identity situation. They're trying to figure things out. The good news for them is their schedule is really easy this year, but it's funny because Oklahoma is almost secondary. I remember in the beginning, there was so much talk about Bedlam, Oklahoma, Oklahoma state. Well, you know, will that keep happening? We're losing great rivalries and whatnot. Um, you know, that, that great rivalry, especially. And now it's kind of cooled down and now it's like, they're very introspective about what's going to happen. And not just that sport and uh, basketball too, men's basketball for them, you know, is a uh, Porter Mosier. He went up and down year they had last year. So Oklahoma's kind of doing some soul searching right now about what their massive money-making programs are. And they're still money makers they are still giants, but like how good are they going to be as they transition? They got a chance to uh, a big opportunity to be really good this year, but I think there's a lot to be answered uh, with that situation. So kind of gotten off scot-free in a way, which, which I think is super interesting. But the grenades keep being hurled at, at the, them. All right, guys, you stuck around, so it's time to get some best bets in here. But first, you all can join our Pick'em, CBS Sports Pick'em. Uh, if you guys go to CBS Sports there and you guys go play and you search Neighborhood Watch, you all can find it. I will share my screen and actually show you guys because I was reading an article in CBS Sports uh, that's, that was the article we were using. So I will go there and show you all. So 
You go to CBS Sports, you hit play, play now. And you guys, it will take you to a certain link. And you guys can sign up for our CBS Sports Pick'em. It's called the Neighborhood Watch 2023. And also, uh, the password is just watch. All right? And it's free to do. Uh, we're picking every single Big 12 game against the spread. The top three winners will get a Big tw- uh, a Neighborhood Watch piece, piece of merchandise of their choosing. And also, I'll get you guys a 365 hat. So that's what's up for grabs. It's free to play. It's free. You know, it's fun to do. Uh, just please make sure if you guys do this, you're also a subscriber to the channel. All right, that's the, that's the only thing I ask. Um, in the end of the year, if you do win, I'm going to double check to make sure you are to get your prize. Just a small trade off there, but it's free to do, free to play, free to win, picking all year. And guys, I'll tell you what, last year I was uh, I was pretty good with the bread truck. We call them the bread truck pick. We were 31-28-1 last year, ATS, during the season with my best five picks. So we're making you some money if you were, uh, you know, or at least close to it last year if you were following along. All right, folks, so that's how you sign up with that. Uh, please do that today. So the next thing I want to go to is some of my favorites that I like this year for over-under win totals, all right? So, you know, when you cover a league, like you really do feel pretty positive about a lot of the teams you want to be, you speak to the people who cover these teams. And so you end up kind of being very positive about them. I'll tell you what, the first one I like is Baylor over seven and a half. All right. Baylor over seven and a half to me is my first play that I like. Cause I think I, I'm kind of actually on the Blake shape and train uh, this year. I think Dave Aranda is really good at making adjustments. And I do think they bounce back first four games are all at home. Uh, you know, they don't travel until they go to UCF on uh let's see it's it's september 30th now they do a little tough stretch uh, with texas at ucf and texas tech at home but then they have at cincy iowa state and then houston that's a really good stretch there for them two tough ones with k-state and tcu but if this is a if this is a team in baylor that can go potentially they can you know rack up three wins in non-conference and utah is a tough team to play but texas state they should beat uh liu they should beat and they can beat utah three and oh then I mean, you're at a point where, uh, you know, to get for them over to, to the eight, I mean, I'm thinking about the games to lose. Let's say they lose to Texas. Uh, let's say that they lose to K-State. And let's say that they lose to TCU. You still have to find one more loss in their, in their season for them not to hit that eight win mark. So you might say, hey, it's Utah. It's fine. But I mean, then you win the rest of the conference games at that point. So I feel pretty confident, actually, in Baylor going over the seven and a half. I think they're going to be much improved this year. And here's the thing, guys, with a lot of these, it's, it's so I'm at the FanDuel Sportsbook plus 152. Like, do I like BYU to win more than four and a half games? Yeah, sure. But talking about value, minus 188 is not good value. Get a bet 188 bucks to make 100. We're talking about over under win totals, guys. You want value. That's why over seven and a half for Baylor plus 152, that, that to me is very, very good value. Um, you know, I, I think Cincinnati under four and a half is very good value. I don't think that team's very good. I don't trust Emory Jones as a quarterback, and I'm not sure how their backup situation is going to be. So under four and a half for Cincinnati seems like a very good play to me. For Houston, this is probably my favorite one. It's minus 134, so we're approaching big juice category, bigger juice category. But four and a half wins, guys. You know, if the, if Houston takes care of business in this game against UTSA this weekend, then they've got Rice, TCU at home, Sam Houston uh, at Texas Tech, home for West Virginia, home for Texas. They don't leave the state of Texas until October 28th. All right, October 28th is when they first leave the state 
of Texas. If you get in that UTSA win, which is crucial for this, they get that Rice win, and they get the Sam Houston win, you're at three. All you have to do then is win two conference games. I think West Virginia coming to town for them is one of those. And I also think Cincinnati later on in the year is one of those. I think those are definitely two they could pick up, and that puts you right at five. All right, that puts you right at five. Now, this UTSA game is going to be a big one. It's a big swing for them this weekend. But that five, even at minus 134, a little bit of juice, I forgot about. Iowa State, I'm not touching. Kansas over six and a half. You know, guys, I like the under at minus 142, but I'm not going to lay that. I'm just not going to do it. Uh, K-State over seven and a half wins. Um, feels pretty safe, but it's minus 180 once again. Oklahoma over nine and a half wins at plus 102. It feels good, but I don't trust this team all the way enough there. So I'm, I'm going to stay away from that. Oklahoma State over six and a half. You know, I'm, I'm kind of up and down on this team, but I feel like Mike Gundy winning seven games feels like a pretty sure bet. The problem is who's the quarterback that's going to take him there. And they've had so much turnover with their roster. I think that's a huge question as well. So, uh, you know, I would like to go over for them, but I, I, I don't feel confident enough uh, on that one. So I'm hitting a lot of overs. Uh, you know, right now. And that's why when you cover a league, you kind of go over optimism. TCU, I did not have a good enough field force. I would stay away from that. Texas over nine and a half at minus 140. I wouldn't go that direction too, but I just think nine and three is the floor for this team. How it happens, whatever, but I think nine and three gets them in the big 12 title game. I think nine and three, 10 and two is where they land this year. And so I'm not going to lay any money on that situation there. Texas Tech over seven and a half. People want it to be there, but this is a program that historically kind of lives in that area. And it feels like they should take the jump, but there's no guarantee they do. So, you know, I know it's even money. It's good odds, but I'm not going to go over on that. UCF, you know, once again, minus 178. I'm not there. And then West Virginia under five and a half minus 188 feels so safe. Uh, I, I know, you know, it's too much juice on that, but it's almost worth it at that point. Uh, now they should shift some of these but they're kind of booing the halves because it puts you at a spot where, uh, you know, you're going to make, you're either going to make or miss, right. You're going to, you're, and you're going to end up uh, figuring out money wise, like what you're going to do. You know, you're not going to have a push in any of these. So once again, my favorite one is Houston uh, over four and a half wins this year at minus minus one thirty four. Then I like Baylor at plus plus one fifty two as a value play over seven and a half wins. So we're talking about value, not to give too much on one. Uh, Houston's right there for you. And then kind of a longer shot or better odds, if you will, Baylor over seven and a half. There's my two favorites. All right, once again, subscribe to this channel. Follow us on X slash Twitter. You all can't watch the show. So if you're driving or whatnot, don't watch it on YouTube if you're driving, folks. You guys can find us wherever you guys get your podcast. Five stars, all of those places, please. All right, folks, Big 12 season. Next time you guys... Uh, have a show come out for you all. It'll be time for the season. It'll be tomorrow. It'll be Kent State UCF game day. That's coming up uh, on tomorrow's show. All right, folks, talk to you tomorrow.